Welcome to How to Keep Your Day Job, brought to you by the Morningstar Consultants. If you're interested in succeeding, exceeding, growing, or listening to the stories of others who have done just that, you're in the right place. We are your hosts, Lisa Goss and Stacy Bailey. We want to help you hone your skills, succeed in your job, get your dream job, or keep your dream job. Like Mark Twain said, find a job you enjoy doing and you'll never have to work a day in your life. Now let's identify your purpose and build a career around that. Check out our show notes for where you can find us on social media and how to sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for being with us today. Time is precious and we're honored that you're sharing it with us. Now on with the show. So welcome everybody. We're here today in the Morning Star office. I have a good, strong cup of coffee in hand. In Stacy's case, that would be tea. And we're going to talk about something we do a lot around the structure and support we provide for organizations to help them become effective in their processes and honestly just have less to worry about. So we are famous for our guides, tools, timelines, spreadsheets. And today we're going to talk about our annual meeting guide. One of the areas where we do a lot of work is around annual meetings. Whether it's for a membership or a not-for-profit organization, preparation and timelines are key to a successful event. As Alexander Graham Bell says, before anything else, preparation is the key to success. So I thought, Lisa, maybe we could look at what it takes to put on a very successful annual meeting. So looking at our timelines and maybe going through and discussing kind of each month or each uh, time period, what needs to get done in order to have everything a success in the end. We do love our timelines, don't we, Stace? All joking aside, keeping on track is the key. So if we're looking at chunks, blocks, phases, going by months. That's usually how we make our charts to prepare, looking at dates to keep on track. When I look at our annual members meeting, annual general meeting spreadsheet and timelines, at least three to four months prior to the meeting, do you have draft financial statements yet? Do you have a board vote on those financial statements to be able to present those at your annual meeting? Have you got all your adjusting journal entries and has your CFO or accountant bookkeeper made those adjustments in your accounting program? Have you received your management letter? Please read it. This may not seem to be part of the preparation for your meeting. Your management letter is not part of the meeting, but it is key on how to improve your internal controls. Lisa, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what the management letter is? What is the purpose of the letter? What kind of information is in the letter? Great question, Stace. So the management letter is a communication that's prepared solely for the information of the executive director or CEO and the board. That's the only intended purpose. It's a support document that looks at improvement of your internal controls. And those could be a wide variety of things. It could be around how you demonstrate your revenue. It could be around a paper trail for, say, honorariums. It could be around policy that supports not only the finances of the organization or financial systems, but other areas within the organization. It could be how you keep your board minutes 
what you're including in your board minutes, or how are you documenting your decisions, action items, or other ways to improve your internal controls. And I understand that the management letter is really a guideline to making improvements to the operation of the organization. So how long is your relationship with your auditor? Another excellent question. So if you are sitting there listening to this podcast and you are an executive director in a not-for-profit and you're thinking, how long has our auditor been in place, the same firm? And you're thinking it's been over 15 years. You need to put together an RFP or contact us because we could provide you with an RFP. I recommend that every five to seven years, you evaluate your relationship with your auditor. For some people, they think that is about the cost of the audit, but it's more than just getting a good price. It's about the relationship and sometimes just having new eyes on your organization will promote growth. Sometimes long-term relationships, we get complacent. We all know that in our personal relationships. It also happens in our professional relationships. Auditors are there to be that external look and to question you. And I always coach EDs to think of that as a support. It's not criticism on who you are or what you know. It's an opportunity for improvement. And even after all the years I've been doing it, I enjoy hearing some feedback that gives me some potential to grow because in the end, I'm here to do the best for the organization. I'm here to continue to build capacity and strength. And that feedback sometimes helps build some new skills and just sets the organization in a good place. So every five to seven years, put together an RFP, send it out. You may save some money too, but you may get a new auditor with different insight, different recommendations, and your organization just grows. That's a pretty hefty list, about three to four months out. So looking then at our next time block, probably about two months out, what are some of the things that you need to look at or accomplish? Yeah, so at two to three months prior to your annual meeting, you should have already talked to your bylaw committee. Have they reviewed the bylaws? Are there any changes that need to be presented to the membership? Have you checked your bylaws for all of your timelines around notice period? When do you need to serve notice to the members? What needs to be sent out to the members? And in what format it needs to be sent out to the members? And also, what happens if a member doesn't get the notice? Hopefully that's in your bylaws. Review your voting processes. Here I would also think about how your annual meeting is going to be, whether it's in-person, virtual by Zoom, or a hybrid. So think about the voting process and members' ability to speak, make motions, participate in the meeting, because those are key. And again, with Zoom or any type of meeting, you need to know who's at the meeting. You need to know that they're members in good standing and part of the organization and whatever your bylaws say specifically in order for them to vote. 
as part of our annual meeting when we're doing them online, I always do the PowerPoint presentation, which gives information about how to participate and informs them about how to identify themselves. So in Zoom, rename yourself. If it says mommy's iPad, we need to establish that you're a member in good standing and you have the ability to vote. Make sure you've messaged all of your officers, committee chairs, whoever that might be for reports. Give them the time to be able to provide good reports to the members and also help coach and encourage them around their presentations at the meeting. Sometimes two to three months out, I'll even do a run through with the people that are going to be participating in leading the meeting so that everybody knows what their part is and how to manage things within the meeting. You're also working on your advertisement, you know, arranging distribution, sending things by email, putting them on your website. And then there's all the event planning stuff that goes along with it that you're great at, Stacy. Selecting the menu, getting the supplies, thank you gifts, thank you cards for people that are coming as keynotes or guests. In all of these organizational events where they're guided by parliamentary rules or our bylaws. So as we talk about these phases and timelines, six months out, four months out, three months out, there's a lot of work that goes into getting ready for the meeting. And the meeting is way less time than all of the preparation. So for a one to two hour annual meeting, you have a timeline and lots of activity and lots of effort to be able to make a successful meeting. As someone who has planned numerous events, I have learned a few things. Along with following all the rules, it comes down to location, location, location. Oh, and food. Food is, is vital. And always consider parking. Oh, yeah. You want to keep the participants happy. Okay, so moving along, we're at the one-month mark. What do we have to keep as our focus at this point in time? Okay, the clock is moving. You're at a month. You should have distributed your meeting notice. Again, consult your bylaws. Lots of bylaws say 21 days, 30 days. I always set our timeline for 10 days ahead of what our bylaws say, because if things go wrong, you have that little bit of a window period. It's like why I set my alarm 15 minutes before every meeting. It never hurts to be ahead. If you're not early, you're late. Exactly. So get your final package together, your full financial statements, your board slate. Do your bylaws talk about a proxy form? Although most bylaws don't say it, your annual report is a lovely thing to do. It's your way, especially as a not-for-profit, to highlight everything you've accomplished in the last year. You can include membership stats. If you're a service agency, you can talk about how many clients you served you can have some personal stories about your organization, the stories that connect your work to future donors and to fundraising dollars. Those stories connect not only people who can financially contribute to your organization, but volunteers, future board members. You have this opportunity to highlight everything you've done and really connect that story and that value of your organization, and even for funders and stakeholders. 
So now your agenda is in place and your bylaw revisions are all laid out for members, giving them access to the bylaws as they stand and to the new bylaws that are proposed and the process to repeal them. Speaking of an agenda, what does it look like? What should be on the agenda for your annual meeting? Another good question. So first of all, you need to start with quorum. The chair needs to make sure that you have quorum. Quorum is the minimum number of voting members needed in attendance, so people in their seats, to make a meeting viable. Robert's rule says that quorum should be as large as can be depended upon being present at all meetings. And I I think it's funny that Robert's rules goes into weather because we are here sitting in Manitoba with snow all around the Morning Star office. So if you're having an annual meeting in January or February in Manitoba, think about how many people are going to get there if we have a snowstorm. Are you going to make quorum? So that brings up an interesting question. What happens if you don't make quorum? That is an incredibly important question to ask. And you best know the answer before you get into that meeting. The default situation in Robert's Rules is that quorum consists of the majority of voting members. But your bylaws could actually define that by a number or a percentage. If your bylaws are silent on what quorum is, it is the majority of members. So what happens if you don't have quorum? Only a limited amount of things can be accomplished. Basically, you can set a new time and place for a meeting because you don't have enough members to do any sort of action. Because what quorum really does is sets a limit or a minimum number of those who represent the organization who can help make decisions where the business can be accomplished. And those numbers need to be realistic. It's not only who can attend, but it's how many members do we need to make good decisions. So when I say no substantive action can take place in the absence of quorum, you have two choices, rebook that meeting or you can do a motion to recess. That can be called and you can all run out and contact members so that you can get quorum. But generally, it's just a rescheduling of the meeting. So there is a standard order of business for agendas. The presiding officer or the chair calls the meeting to order. There's an adoption of the agenda. Previous minutes from your last annual meeting need to be voted on. There's reports from officers, boards, committees, your ED or CEO. Any unfinished business could also be in there. New business. And then whatever is specific to your organization. Sometimes there's ceremonies or awards, bringing in your new president, some sort of process for that. Or it could be highlighting something about your organization and sometimes even some presentations about the work that you're doing internally. So Lisa, this might be a good time to talk about the formal business of the annual meeting. Can you tell us what motions need to be included in an annual meeting? My answers are rarely short because I try to think of all of the things around your question, Stacy. So what's needed? I'm going to try and be succinct because anything can happen at an annual meeting. So are those motions needed, but could they happen? You bet. So 
if you look at your agenda, things that you need motions for, uh, the approval of your agenda, minutes of your previous annual meeting, audited financial statements, elections of your board of directors or your slate, any amendments to bylaws or any other substantive action on behalf of the organization, and your adjournment. Okay, Stacy, where are we with our timeline? Oh my goodness, you've just checked your calendar and the annual meeting is in three weeks. What needs to get done? I'm starting to feel the pressure. I can tell. I'm starting to hear that jacked up Stacy voice. So we're getting close. We're a few weeks out, three weeks out. Think about things like, have you provided deadlines to your members for agenda items, bylaw revisions, questions, appeals, when are proxies due? You may be getting feedback from members about the financials. When I send out those financials, I always ask members to contact me ahead of the annual meeting. One, you know, you get caught off guard as you're having a meeting with a tight timeline and there's a dozen questions about your financials because they may not be in the know about everything you're doing within the organization and they may have really valid questions and they have the right to this information. But when they provide those questions ahead of time, it gives you an opportunity to really answer the members' questions in a fulsome way. So by printing reports from your accounting software. So they could be asking something about, why did you spend $9,000 in office supplies? At an annual meeting, that's not the best use of time to go through outlining what you spend in the office. And they're not getting the information they need. And it's great to engage in those conversations with members. So if somebody contacted me, three weeks before and said, hey, how come you spent $5,000 in office supplies? I could actually print them from my QuickBooks, an entire report on everything that was uh, expensed within that GL line, and I can send it to them. And then we can have a more fulsome conversation. Okay, I'm feeling pretty good about this. The event is only a week away, and we just have a few things left to do. So gone are the days where we're making paper copies and packages for annual meetings. I got to say, I don't miss it. So whether you're doing virtual, in-person, or a hybrid, all information sent to members is usually in electronic format. But I remember 15 years ago making the annual meeting packages. So I don't miss that. But always keep in mind, even though most people want to save the planet and think environmentally and are comfortable with technology, Members have the right to information, or this might be an accommodation. So if somebody does need something printed out, it would be good to get that information ahead of time so you could prepare for that. So nowadays, your week prior is not printing out a ton of paper, but it is an opportunity to do all of the final check-ins. Check in with your vendors and suppliers. Check in at your event space. Check in with your staff. Do they understand their assignment and responsibilities on the day of the event? Check in with your executive. Check in with everybody that is going to present. Check in with your auditor. If it is a virtual meeting, make sure everybody has the links. If it is virtual, I often send out a tool around how to use Zoom, what to wear on camera, I provide Zoom backgrounds to make it look really professional if people are presenting off-site. All right, it's the day of the event. What are we up to now? 
I usually encourage the CEO or executive director to get there at least two hours prior. If it's me, I'm there at the crack of dawn. Now that we're in this post-COVID environment and during the COVID times, there's a lot of AVIT stuff to check. So test your Wi-Fi's, check your upload and download speeds, depending on whether you're in site or whether you're uh, presenting off-site. Have a copy of your bylaws there so you can check them. It's an excellent idea to have a parliamentarian there that can also help support the environment of the formal meeting and be that go-to person. Remember, we talked about pauses and recesses. If a chair needs some support, they can pause the meeting and then ask the parliamentarian to help them manage the situation that they're in. Any meeting policy or procedures have access to them. I encourage my executive, any presenters, keynotes, anybody that's going to be involved in the formal program to arrive at least an hour before. I usually check in with everybody, my executive, my treasurer, my auditor. I review any questions that were previously asked from the members about the financial statements, because if one person wants to know that information, other people do as well. I make sure everybody's okay with their reports. We talk again with the AV company about how they're displayed so that they have access to them. Everybody has name tags on. Uh, We've identified guests, dignitaries. There's a sign-in process ready for everybody that's coming in and distribution of things like paddles for voting. We go over the process for any sort of virtual meeting with everybody who's part of the program around how we use Zoom, what we're doing for motions and for voting and how we're giving everybody equal access to ask questions and participate fully in the meeting. We talk about quorum. We talk about how we're acknowledging quorum, assuring quorum and documenting quorum. And I always remind them about what we do if we don't have quorum. You've made it through your annual meeting, and it was a huge success. Now it's time to start thinking about next year's event. Some things to consider are setting the date for your next annual meeting, booking your venue, and start looking for your audiovisual team, whether that's the same team that you you used at this meeting or if you're looking for someone new, and send out the thank yous to all of those who participated in the meeting and made it a success. And because I'm always thinking of the legalities and the business processes, things after the meeting for me is checking in to make sure those minutes are done. Do them immediately afterwards. Don't wait. I know it's been a big push getting to this meeting, but get the minutes completed and out to the executive to look at. You need to update your corporation's information on your board of directors You need to contact your bank for signing authorities, get a motion for changing signing authorities, and get that information to the bank. Update your website, post it on social media, do a great membership message that goes out introducing the new board and maybe even some goals or things you can expect from them. And then most importantly, put your feet up, have a good cup of tea, nice glass of red wine, and enjoy the peace for a little bit because before you know it, that clock is going to go again and audit's going to be on top of you and then you're meeting and 
all of that preparation. So enjoy what you've accomplished. So Lisa, this has been a pretty concise to-do list of priorities and action items. And as we've said, timelines are so important to running a successful event. And it helps you to stay focused and level-headed when things have the potential to become really stressful. Any final thoughts or insights? Well, I'm sure we missed some things. Hopefully, we provided enough information to set people up for success. Final thoughts? You know, there's a standard order of business for these meetings. It is a formal business meeting, but don't forget to make it memorable. Don't forget to celebrate those in your community, those you serve, your membership, or whoever are the stakeholders that are important to your organization. This is an opportunity to highlight what you do, to highlight your volunteers, to highlight your staff, to really celebrate what you've done all year. It feels like a lot of work and a timeline, and there's so much to be done every month moving up to it. But don't forget to celebrate your excellence. I really like that. We hope you liked this episode. To learn more about us, go to MorningStarConsultant.com and follow us on social media. There are links to our courses, business consulting, or coaching in the show notes. Don't see what you need? Contact us. We are Morningstar Consultants, business and life strategists, and we can show you how to keep your day job.